0: You know, if you, stay, if you stay up on just what's happening around the planet, um, things just get more exciting all the time. <laughs> I tell you, they get more exciting all the time. It's like you, you, you point out and you look around and you think, man, there's an opportunity and there's an opportunity and there's an opportunity and there's an opportunity. Instead of looking at it like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Another opportunity after another opportunity coming from every direction. Amen? It's a great day to be alive and to be a... I mean, it wouldn't be a great day to be alive if you didn't know him. But because we know him and because we're connecting to him and his authority in the earth, there's a lot of different things that are made available to people that view it from his eyes. When, when, you're, when you're viewing this planet from, from the way he sees it, totally different than the way it appears to be. Yes. Totally different. Everybody say this. The earth, the earth is, the is the Lord's and the fullness of it. Fullness of we're part of that fullness. Yeah, we're part of that. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of it, the earth is. But he's given authority in the earth to the sons and daughters of men. Psalm 115 says, authority has been given to mankind. He gave us his authority to operate in the earth. We've been talking about that. Haven't mentioned that verse of scripture but I thought I'd start out tonight with that verse. Just thinking about that. Just thinking about the fact that the earth is God's. So I promise you, he's not concerned about the earth. The, the earth isn't going to fall off into, you know, the deep abyss somewhere. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness. And, and what, keeps, what keeps God going... Where the earth is concerned, I mean, God can do whatever he wants. I'm not trying to tell you what, how God thinks and how he operates, except I know how he thinks and operates because I know him through his word, right? I am not. I mean, God can do anything God wants to do. He wants to melt this place down and and, and just watch it smolder and we all just collapse on the end. I mean, he can do anything that he wants to. But what, what I feel like God keeps God going where the earth is concerned is that we're taking our place. That's what I think, that's why I feel like God's excited. I, th- I feel like heaven is rejoicing that we're doing something about the earth, you know? We're doing something in the earth that God gave us. It's his and the fullness of it, but he gave us the authority. It's like, it's like if, you, if, if Joey owns a house uh, and, uh, and, and Eric decides to rent from him, Joey owns it. But now he's given Eric the authority to operate in the house. Joey can't just come busting in the house whenever he wants to. God won't just come busting in and do and fix everything that needs to be fixed. Why? Because we're the ones with the authority. But I think God's excited because we're getting it and we're applying it. Not just something that's going to happen 10 years down the road. It's happening right now. We're applying it. We're applying the authority that God has given us. So... Tonight, I just, you know, I, I want to give you uh, several scriptures that we've looked at in the last three weeks. Um, this is the third Wednesday that we've talked on this authority, and um, <clears throat> and then I got a couple, couple new things I, I, I want to throw at you about it. Luke nine one says. <clears throat> Jesus called his 12 disciples, he gathered them together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Demon spirits and what's wrong with people go hand in hand. Demon spirits and what's wrong with people go hand in hand. And I'll just tell you this, I'm not going to, you know, expound on that tonight, but you need to meditate on that because you need to believe that. Because why did he give us authority over demons and to heal the sick? The the sick there were not just physically sick, mentally, emotionally, and in every way. So the things that are wrong with people are tied to demonic spirits. What we deal with regarding demonic spirits today, most of has to do with most of it has to do with the way people think. The Son of God was manifested to destroy all of the power or authority that the devil had before Jesus came. He came to remove the authority that the enemy had. So the enemy has no authority. Except in your life when he can convince you that you don't have any. That God's word won't work. And he works overtime trying to convince us of those things. But we know today that's not true. You've been given God's authority. He gave it to the 12. He gave it to the 70. We looked at it. He said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, meaning demon spirits. The devil and demon spirits, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you and harm you in any way, shape, and form. Tell you what, that's good news. And we need to know it, we need to believe it, but, but, but it, it's got to be downloaded in us. We've got to know it, and we need to apply it day to day. We're going to talk a little bit more about applying that. Another passage that I read one of the times that we've met is... Uh, Ephesians 1, and I just want to read this. This is right at the end of the prayer in Ephesians 1, just starting in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Who who what? Believe. Believe. Not just know it, but we really believe it. Not, Not not us just knowing that we have authority and power over everything. Because it, we were given that authority and dominion to operate in the earth. Not just knowing it, but actually believing it. There's some things I've been teaching in this series that many of you have been here. You've been listening to this. And there's some things that you've been hearing that you know, you've got it up here. But God wants it to trickle down and develop into an understanding and Revelation to where you believe it. Like he said right here this exceeding greatness, the great authority and power that he's given us who believe. Because it won't work for you if you don't really believe it. Now, if you believe in something, won't you normally apply it? Huh? Won't you normally just, I mean, if somebody's told you that they, they've put $150,000 into, into your bank account yesterday, would you just sit there and act like it wasn't there? No, you'd go withdraw. You'd apply the uh, authority that you have in your bank account. Somebody else put it there. But it's your bank account, and you can draw that, and you can do what you want with it. Because now, since it's in your account, it's yours. Yeah. What God gave us was his, but he gave it to us. And he said, now, I want you to act like and operate like it's yours. Yeah. It's mine, but it, I want you to believe it's yours. It's yours. I gave it to you, but I want you to believe it's yours. Did you hear what I said? You have to believe you have God's authority to operate in the earth. Well, you know, that's kind of prideful. Whatever. Whatever you think that could be, if if it's prideful to you and you take it in a prideful way, deal with the pride. But I'm telling you, you've got to be confident. There's a huge difference in being prideful about something and being confident in something. Bible says, cast not away your confidence, for it has a great reward. For you have, the, you have need of endurance, that once you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. So you can't cast the confidence away. You've got to know what you have a right to operate in. That's why we're teaching this. So he says, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised Jesus from the dead seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. What is that? That's all the, the devil and demon forces. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And he put all things, the Father did, put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet. He, the Father, put all things, notice even in the wording, he, capital H, The Father put all things under His feet, capital H, Jesus, and gave Him, Jesus, to be head over all things to who? The church, little c. Earth is His, the authority is His, it's all His, but He gave it to us. Huh? So, everything He said is His is mine, but it's mine because it was his, not mine because I created it and I was good enough and I did all this great stuff and so I, you know, I, 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 now I'm adding to it, no, no, it's all his, but he gave it to us to use, amen, amen. put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to us, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him fills all in all. The church is his body. The church makes up his body. We're his body in the earth. Amen. What he did, we can do, and even greater things because he's gone to the Father, sat down at the right hand, all authority's been established. Now we just have to understand it, number one. Then we have to meditate on it to the point that it becomes a real belief in us that we have it, and then step out and operate in it. And then we get the results he did in even greater works. We get greater results. He was only here for three years. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I've been here a long time. I'm here for a lot longer. Yeah. Huh? I'm going to be here for a long time. Operating in true authority, seeing the devil under my feet and giving him no place in any situation in my life, and, and and see when he has no place in me, then I'm busy making sure he doesn't have any place in you or anybody else, and you do the same thing. Because that's why we're here. We see that. That's what he created us for. I just wrote several things down here. I just want to read these to you. And just just. Just listen Listen to it. I mean, write it down if you need to. Go back and just listen to this to, to, to get this. But just listen to what I'm saying right here. Your true authority lies, it lies in your awareness to the living word. I'm going to read that sentence again. Your true authority lies in your awareness to the living word. What has real power and authority is you and I speaking what he says when I'm challenged to accept something else. What has, I'm going to say that again. What has real power and authority is me speaking what he says in a moment when I'm challenged to accept something else. But that power and authority that comes from the awareness of the living word only comes from me speaking daily what God's word says so that it's strengthening the mind muscle the same way that you would strengthen your physical muscles. I'm going to read that again. That only comes, what only comes? The power and authority to speak what God says when you're challenged to accept something different. It only comes from speaking daily God's Word and what God's Word says so that it strengthens your mind muscle. strengthens the muscle of your mind. It renews your mind and it develops your mind so that you're quick on the draw when something happens. So, in other words, you know, when if I it would take about thirty minutes right now, if I if I read and declared everything that I say every day over myself and others. Confessions that I read it take me about thirty minutes right now to just go through them. So I say those things every day, not trying to change something that is attacking me or in my face or whatever, I'm saying those things every day because I'm developing that mind muscle, I'm renewing my mind and and making myself aware that what God says about something is more real than what I'm challenged to accept that's based on what I see about something or how I feel or how my emotions are being affected by something. What most people underestimate is the power of the spoken word on a day-to-day basis, how it sets you up to have faith in a moment to resist and reject something that is not of God. Every time that you every time that something attacks your body if you get some kind of a symptom in your body like a flu symptom or you get you know you you get a headache or something hits your body if you've been declaring daily that by his stripes you're healed and 100 or 200 or 300 other confessions from the word if you've been daily declaring that and all of a sudden, something attacks your body? This is the way that it happens with me today. It didn't always happen this way, but today. All of a sudden, something attacks my body, and I go, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. The Word says this. See, I've been saying this every day when I didn't feel bad. I was saying it every single day when I didn't feel bad. And all of a sudden, something's attacked my body. And I'm going, whoa, wait, no. I, I, now I'm saying, you have no right in my body. In other words, not, not after I feel bad, I lay down, I take every medication I can think of to try to fix it, and then, well, if that doesn't work, then we got to pray. No, 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 I'm talking about in the moment, no. Sorry, that was laugh. <clears throat> no. We're not, you're not having your way in my body. And and, and and what that takes is rejecting it, resisting it, letting it know it has no right to attack and do everything that a healed person would do. That doesn't mean that on the heels of that, let's say it's a really bad headache and you feel like you you just you've gotta Pop a couple Tylenol or do whatever to to help that thing out. But your faith is not in the Tylenol. Your faith is in, I'm standing on the word. Thank God for the Tylenol for a moment. But the more you do that, there comes a day you don't need the Tylenol. You don't need something else. Because your faith and, and your confidence, your word level is built to a place that what you're doing is, by faith, you're rejecting something that's coming. And, and to have, like I said here, your true authority lies in your awareness of the living word every single day. Because, man, listen, you, we know we live in a world where, man, things come at us from every direction. Attacks come from every way. And God wants us to grow up in how to accept what the word says is more real than anything else that we face. And, and listen to me. Don't take something like what I'm saying here and try to use it on somebody else. Don't judge another person's life for what they were walking through or dealing with. I'm talking about what you grow into. I'm talking about growing into the authority that God gave us. Is this real or is it just a game? Is it something we just talk about? Is it just happened for other people? Is it just in Jesus' day or is it real for us now, today? I say it's real now. That's why we're teaching it. That's why we're talking about this. <clears throat> so I just, I, I'll just finish my little paragraph here. You won't have a body developed, you won't have a physical body developed if you don't do it every day, if you don't exercise and work it every day and you won't have words spoken in power and authority if you're not developing the mind muscle body won't be developed if you're not developing the body muscles authority and power won't be developed and where you're convinced of it if you don't develop the mind muscle just trying to get and give you an example of how we have to develop it. It doesn't just fall in our laps. And never judge what another person goes through or what their end result is. Never judge that. Always judge everything by the word. Never condemn other people. Never never openly judge people for what they're dealing with. If somebody has questions and they ask you things about what they're dealing with in their life, help them out. But never condemn people or judge people whatever. We're growing to understand something that, so that we can help other people walk in the same way. But ultimately what we're talking about here is we can't just know this, we have to believe it. It's not just about knowing it, it's about really, truly believing that it's real. This is another story that we read in uh, Luke 4 and verse 31. Then he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus did what? Reasoned with him? Argued with him? Afraid of him? It wasn't any of those things. Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out. And when the demon had thrown him in in their midst, it came out of him and didn't hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word this is, for with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out throughout all the regions. You know, today I was I was thinking about something, and you don't ever, you know, you haven't heard me. Probably I can count on one, one hand in 30 years, 31 years, that I've talked about politics. I just don't talk about politics. But I thought I would do that. Um, but I was thinking of, I was thinking of Jesus. And he was, I, thought, I, I got to thinking about this when I was reading this today and reading a couple other things. And you know, he, Jesus was not politically correct, and that's why all the religious people, kind of like the political people of the church, right? That's why they were so mad at him, because he wasn't, like, quote, politically correct. You know why? Because he was for the people. Everything that he did was for the people, right? Well, that's the Constitution from heaven. In our Constitution in America... Every leader from the top is supposed to be for the people, right? So I'm just going to take a little dive and a little history in some things that I think about some past presidents, okay? And I'm going to start with our present president, and I'm going to work backwards. And you can agree with this or not, and it really doesn't matter, I've studied, I've studied a lot of presidents and especially the presidents uh, that go back to Franklin Roosevelt during our World War II and even before time. And, and I've studied their lives and looked at a lot of things, read a lot of different books, but yet articles by people that were, that were, that, that were like, um, were rivals to them. They were, you know, so if one was a Democrat, then I'd read things by Republicans to get uh, a more clear view and find people that actually could find the good things in these people. And and so, th- this is what I think: start with Jesus, and he was for the people. Okay. I look at the president today, whether you like him or not. This may make some of you mad. I don't know. I don't know what other people believe, but. I believe he's a president for the people. That's what I, I, I think. I've watched him. I don't like everything the man does, but what I've watched is I believe he's for the people. Doesn't matter. I mean, when you really listen to him, not what other people say about him, but you have to dig deep and listen to what he's saying. He's for all people, is what I've heard. Never heard him ever say anything that was against any type of people, race of people, culture of people, or anything else. And so I like him. I go to the president before him, Barack Obama. I believe he was a pre- he was he was a president not for the people, but for government. And I believe that he hurt this country. I just that's just my opinion. I go back before that, George W. Bush. Some of you might not like what I say about this, but I believe that he was not a president for the people. In my studies of him and what he what he did, I thought he was, but. As I dug deeper with it, I don't believe he was a president for the people. I believe he was a, he was a president that got sucked into the system and, and was not for the people. You go to the president before him, President Clinton, I don't believe that he was a president for the people. He was caught up in the government. You go back to the next Bush, another one caught up in the government and all about government. I thought he was for the people, but he wasn't. Is was from from I'm just telling you, In my studies, this is what I see. You go back to the next president, President Reagan, all for the people. All for the people. You go to the president before him, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was a really good, honest man. Gut, honest man. He got caught up in the end of his presidency in in some government-type issues, and, and it hindered him from actually being able to run and and get re-election, his second term. And as a result of that, it was because of getting caught up in the system. Listen, that that job, I'm the pastor of this church right here, and there's a lot of authority that goes in that and a lot of criticism that goes with it, other things. But can you imagine being the head over the greatest nation on the planet? And the criticism and the things that can come against these men? I'm not being critical of them. I'm saying my studies show that they gave into the system, the ones I'm saying, and didn't and weren't in the job for the good of the people. I believe that Jimmy Carter really had a heart for the people. President Ford was just in a very short period of time as a result of Nixon's impeachment. He was in it for a very short period of time. I just think he played golf anyway Uh, but (laughs) I mean it seemed like he played a lot of golf anyway Uh, but uh, so we we went from him to Nixon and I think I I, I mean this again this is just my opinion based on what many people have said and I don't believe that he had the best interest of the people of America I believe he had his own interest he he did everything to become president many years before and evidently some real crooked things, and I don't believe he was a president for the people. I'm going back a few more. President before Richard Nixon was our own Texas president, Lyndon Baines Johnson, and he was not a president for the people, no matter what. I hate it, he's a Texan, but he did a lot of really ugly things. Uh, many people in he, on he, from his party saying these kind of things. He was not a president for the people. But you go back to John F. Kennedy. And John F. Kennedy was assassinated because he was a president for the people. And you may not believe it, and you may have a different opinion about who he was, but he was a president for the people. And he was a president for the people coming out of an age when big government was getting control and he was trying to get government out. And I didn't know this for years. But as I studied it from a a number of different angles, people talking about his life, he was assassinated because he was a president for the people. I'm telling you today, everything that Jesus did with his authority was for the good of humanity. You and I are called to be the president of our lives and to have that authority and operate in it for the good of our lives, but for the good of other people's lives. You know, not taking advantage of people, not usurping the authority and using it in a wrong way. We've been created to be able to handle the authority of God in the earth. So that the earth is a great place to live. God intends for you and I to live in, in quietness and peace and all godliness and holiness. He created human beings to live that way. But you'll never do it without the authority of God and you really believing in that authority. Jesus believed in it. I believe our president, our present president believes in it. And I believe that John F. Kennedy believed in it and several others. They believed in and fought for the rights of the people. That's what Jesus did. It led him to the cross and in the Garden of Gethsemane, it empowered him to make the Father's decision and not his own decision. So that we could make decisions to operate in authority to believe his word and not be moved by everything that comes down the road. That's a long example, a long analogy. But I hope you get what I'm trying to say right there. So, James 4, 7. Therefore, everything I just said, submit to God. Resist the devil like Jesus did. He rebuked the devil. Said, what did he say? Be quiet and come out. He didn't read him 14 scriptures. Be quiet and come out. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And I've said this to you in several times now, that we submit and we resist. So when we give God his place in our life, when we give God his rightful place, then we begin to believe in the authority that we have to exercise that over the devil. And and everything that I just talked to you about earlier, to believe in the moment that I have that authority and I can exercise that authority in a situation that goes contrary to the Word, I have to already believe in what the Word says about what I'm being attacked with. Like I said, with the physical body or maybe a financial thing or just a fear situation. Fear comes to you and fear tries to say, oh, man, you can't go do that. No, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. Oh, man, for the last 17 years, I've declared God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's how you exercise the authority. You believe that that's more real than no matter what comes. Because what I've learned is every decision I've ever made in fear, it was never right. God wants me making decisions led by his spirit. So fear comes, I go, whoa, whoa, no. God had not given me fear. If God hadn't given me fear, I don't take it. And right now, I resist you in Jesus' name. Isn't that what Jesus did? Or I could say it I, I kind of feel like Jesus said it a little calmer. I think he just said, be quiet, come out, shut up, or something, you know, something similar. And that's what he wants out of us, just, just be confident in what you're saying. I, you know, maybe some of the yelling and the screaming is trying to convince the devil that you believe. There's no such thing. There's no such thing convincing any, any, not convincing God or the enemy, because the enemy knows. He said, You know, and he said, Yeah, I, we know who you are. You're Jesus, the Son of God. Well, I don't know about this guy. But when this guy's filled with God and he believes in the authority that he has and he believes that fear can't grip him, when he says it, it's as Jesus said it, because Jesus gave him what to say and that daily routine every day making that confession when you're not afraid see when I'm scrambling to find a scripture when I'm in when I'm in fear I mean there's nothing wrong with that put it out there but I'm just telling you in most situations you're not going to see a lot of relief because you're not because this muscle up here is just flat and doing nothing so if you haven't gone to the gym and you go to the beach and you want that beach body you know, you're going to be shocked, you know, when someone walks by and says, hey, cover up. No, <laughs> whatever. No, I'm just, I'm just playing with it. You. you know what I'm saying? Because why? You didn't go to the gym. You didn't work the muscle. It's the same way with the muscle of the mind. If you're not renewing your mind and you come and you get attacked, right? And you're attacked and it's like you're scrambling for it. Okay, find it. Let that be the day it begins. But I promise you, it's going to take a while for that to catch up. And it just works that way because the more you do it on a daily basis and you don't stop, it's what you're saying that is affecting you that you don't realize how it's affecting you. Because otherwise, if you're not saying and declaring the word, I promise you, you're saying a bunch of other stuff. Complaining, looking for problems and faults in other people and all this other kind of stuff, you're you're hearing all that kind of thing. And you're hearing yourself say it, and that's the way you're programmed. No, we're deprogramming all that mess and filling our minds up with the truth of God's word so that we can resist anything that comes our way, anything. No. No, I resist you now in the name of Jesus. God hadn't given me fear. It's given me power, love, and a sound, and a well-balanced mind. And that's what I have right now. And I command you to leave. But we have to believe in that. Can you say amen? Amen. So, I say it like this. I wrote this out earlier. You must submit when you're not submitted. By allowing the word... To bring you over to a place of submission. I'll read that again. You must begin to submit when you're not submitted. Because see, the scripture we read is, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So when does that start? You must start submitting to the will of God, which is what? It's the word of God. Right? Submitting to God is submitting to his word. In other words, allowing his word to come out of your mouth, come into your ears, get down in your heart, and you really begin to believe it. That's submitting to God. Because the word will change the way your perception is of God. Many people are afraid to come to God because they think God's after him or something. Yeah, God's after him because he wants you saved. But he's not after you to hurt you, he's after you to to, to deliver you and see you delivered of the things that control your life because Jesus came to deliver you. So literally, all of humanity is already delivered, they just don't know it yet. Say, I do. do. Amen. We do, we are, and we are getting more and more every day. Can you say amen to that? So, you must submit when you're not submitted by allowing the word... To bring you over to a place of submission. So then, in faith, get the results of demons fleeing in terror from your life. I'm gonna read that one more time, I just think it's really good. You must submit when you're not submitted by allowing the word to bring you over to a place of submission to God. So then, in faith, get the results. Of demons fleeing in terror from your life. That's what I believe. And what I'm leaving you with tonight is, is this passage found in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of nations. This is God talking to Abraham in the presence of him who believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who calls, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So, When I'm declaring the word, and and I've I've had a a lot of people through the years really get aggravated in in my presence or or just frustrated when I've talked about putting the word before their ears and eyes on a a daily basis, on a regular basis. But what, what you're doing is you are calling things in the moment. When, when you're, when you, you know, with me in my confessions daily, I'll have a number of things that I speak over myself <coughs> uh, where my physical body is concerned. Where is that? There it is. Hold on. <coughs> So these are some things I speak over myself every day. Today I speak life, health, strength, and vitality into my body. Let's just say you're speaking that on a daily basis, and there's some things that aren't totally right in your body. Well, I can't say that over my body because I've got this. No, no, no. I'm calling those things that be not maybe in the moment as though they are that way. And what, what is that training for? Is, is that to, in the moment when you're daily making confessions to make whatever symptoms you have in your body go away? No. It's to work that mind muscle. Okay? So that there comes a day when something comes against your body and you, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no. I've declared, because the word says I am, that I have health and strength and vitality in my body. And I resist this now in the name of Jesus. See the difference? I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God so that my understanding is clear. Oh, man, I'm just, yeah, this confusion. No, whoa, whoa. Nope, no confusion. I have clear understanding. You see, but, but, but it comes from you taking ownership that God's word is the key to being able to do that. Not some mind over matter kind of thing, but listen, the power for you to overcome in situations is in the seed of the word itself. But if it stays in the pages of the book and it doesn't come out of the book, out of your mouth where you can hear yourself say it, you're never going to believe. You'll never believe it. You can read the Bible forever, but if you don't allow those things to come out of your mouth to where you can hear yourself say what God says about you, it'll never develop a belief system because the Bible told us it wouldn't. I'm redeemed from the curse of memory loss. I declare that through the blood of Jesus, my brain cells are being restored. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I make a demand on my body to be chemically balanced in the name of Jesus. Every cell of my body functions in the perfection that God created it to function, and I forbid any malfunction in my body. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The anointing of Jesus is flowing through my veins, sending healing throughout my whole entire body. Attack comes, no! Life of the flesh is in the blood, the anointing healing anointing of Jesus flows through my blood and rebuke I, in the name of Jesus I rebuke any sickness disease any disease germ of any kind in my body I rebuke it and I command it to leave now why because this is what I say and what happens is what you what people underestimate is is that when situations crop up and you're challenged with something that word that you speak will come up out of the inside of you because you don't really know how much you believe when you've been, developed a daily routine of the Word. You don't really know how much you believe until you're challenged. And I tell you, all of a sudden you begin to realize, hey, I can do this. I can overcome this. I can, I can challenge anything that comes my way. There's not any... Notice, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you or harm you or your family or people around you or people that you pray for every day. People I pray for every day, I believe in they're all protected. They're all healed in the name of Jesus. They're all delivered. They're all prosperous. <clears throat> God's favor is on their life. All those things. Because the word says so. But if I didn't, if I didn't put that through myself on a regular basis... For the years that I have, I'd have no belief system. That's the key to your and my belief system. Let me just read the last part of this verse and I'm, and I'm through. <clears throat> That's not where I was. So we must call those things which be not as though they are notice what he said. Who contrary to hope, in hope, he believed. So that he became the father of nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Who's that? You and me. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already, already dead since he was about 100 years old. I mean, he was not where he could produce. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform it. Abraham became that way. Everybody say, he became that way. When God first spoke that over him, man, he, he, he thought he believed it, but he didn't believe it. He knew it. He knew what the Father said. He knew what God said. He knew it in his head, but he didn't have it in his heart. Twenty-five, 24 and a half years later, Sarah, at 90 years old, conceived. Abraham, almost 100 years old, impregnated his wife. This wasn't a Holy Spirit Mary thing. This was a 100-year-old man impregnating a 90-year-old woman. Impossible. And it happened. Why? Because he believed in the promises of God. He didn't just know it, he believed it. Because he began to create a daily routine. I'll just tell you this. Daily routine, the development of daily routines, it doesn't take 20 years to see results. You start developing a daily routine, you can see results whenever the results are ready to happen because you believe it. One person, it may take them longer to get through something than another person. I'm just saying, keep developing it, keep standing strong, and believe in the authority that God has given you. Because I'm telling you what, as I said to you earlier, we're living in a great time. This is a great time to exercise the authority that God has given us because this is his earth, this is his place, and he's put us in charge. So we're not letting anybody else take over this place, you know. When you, you know, I heard some things in another country about somebody doing this, that, or that. No, 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 no. Uh, all it's going to do, it's going on my prayer list, somebody's going there. It may not be me, but, uh, but somebody's going there. Somebody's going to take over there because the authority is in mankind all over planet Earth, right? So it's a win-win. We need to stay busy on top of situations and not staying underneath And if you're underneath anything today and you're struggling in a certain area, I'm telling you, the word of God coming out of your mouth, coming into your ears and building faith in your heart is the key to your success. In the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen?